0: And thank you for tuning in to the Business and Wealth Show with your host, Mac Catrum. Let's go. And if you haven't already checked out the Business Growth Quiz, do that now. Now, if you're wondering why, which area of my business is holding me back, well, the Business Growth Quiz will tell you that. So you go to businessgrowthquiz.me, businessgrowthquiz.me and get the free report after you do the questionnaire to help you to identify which area of your business you'd be focusing on now in order to create more wealth and create more income for yourself. So on this particular show, I have Therese Nicholas with me. And before I bring Terry, Therese, uh, Therese up, she is a wealth coach uh, and helps people to manage, well, women specifically to Deal with their mindset, thoughts, and money, and, and issues around money, and also create financial freedom, passive income, all the great stuff we talk about here. So, Therese, welcome, welcome to the Business and Wealth Show.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this.
0: Excellent, and thank you for coming in all the way from Boston, Massachusetts. Now, I want to say this: you're Amazon bestseller as well, overcoming. Mm-hmm. Mediocrity, limitless, limitless women. When did that book come out? Then last year. Oh, last year. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And I'm sure it's a great book. So, Therese, let's do this. What's your what was your entrepreneurial journey? What got you to do what you are doing now, and what was the journey like?
1: Well, the journey has been a series of lessons, and some of those lessons have been very challenging, and but the rewards of pushing through it. Cannot even be measured. So for me, Mac, my journey began I, by accident. I literally fell into it. So I had been an employee in the financial services space for you know twenty some odd years, right? And a colleague of mine um, introduced me to financial planning, and he suggested that I pursue that, which was kind of a um, offset of what I had already been doing. And I said, I don't even know what that is. How do I go about doing that? That seems ridiculous. You know, I pushed back for like a year. Then finally, he convinced me, told me, you know, what the past was. So I went went down that road. Now, I was thinking all along that he was hiring me. All right. (laughs) And after I received my certification and everything else, you know, I was like, okay, now what's the next step? He said, what do you mean the next step? You, know, you have to go out and find clients. You're on your own. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. So that was um that was a big eye opener. And so I just started my business shaking hands and kissing babies and you know one client at a time and twenty two years later here I am.
0: Wow. Twenty-two years later. So you did your qualification and then they threw you out there to go and find clients. What was that like in the early days of no clients, I've got to get clients, I've got to get paid, I've got to
1: terrifying it was absolutely terrifying Mm. i had one son in college okay another son going to a parochial high school so not having employment not having income was really not an option for me and i was just completely dumbfounded that this was the position that i was in but somehow or other i made it work and um i evolved so i went from asset management, which is the typical path that people in my industry go on to really looking at financial planning. And then from financial planning, I did a lot of soul searching and a lot of studying around like what really works. Mm. And what I learned was that handing somebody a financial plan is not the answer. It's not even the beginning. What it is, is like, you know, okay, we're gathering information, we've got this, you know, 100 page document that nobody ever reads. I said, this is really a waste of time. And it's a waste of the person, the client's time. So that's when I created the wealth coaching process. And that process probably took me about five years to really develop it to what it is today. So what I did, Mac, was I combined life coaching Okay, which is where we really take a deep dive into what is your purpose, what is your mission, your vision, your values? How do we help you create that big, bold life of your dreams? And then we put financial planning on top of it so that you not only have a vision for your dreams, but you know what they're going to cost you.
0: Oh, wow. That's that's very novel. That, that's a great way of doing it. So you're marrying, coaching with the actual hard facts and numbers in terms of the financial structure and planning. That's all. right. Tell me, you know, even with all of that, one of the things you talk about is if you want financial freedom, it starts with having clarity. Right. What do you mean? Clarity
1: is the first step to financial freedom.
0: Clarity in what specifically?
1: Clarity in what financial freedom means to you. Because what it's going to mean for you, Mac, and what it's going to mean for me and anyone else is going to be different. That's to be expected. Where people get really tripped up, and I see this all the time with clients, is that they use somebody else's model of financial freedom and not their own. And then they get frustrated and they never feel satisfied because it's like if I was trying to put on your suit, it's not going to fit me. No. So you have to find what fits for you. So I use a lot of analogies and just examples from my own life and family. So my grandmother, my father's mother um, and my father, they were born in Sicily. And Sicily, I, I actually just returned from Sicily. So I got to see firsthand where my ancestors lived and the abject poverty that they experienced. I heard about it. I heard about it in stories, but it was really a humbling experience for me to literally walk in their footsteps. Wow. And my grandmother wanted to come to America because she knew that if she stayed where she was, she and anyone that came after her, her children, her grandchildren, et cetera, would only know poverty. And when I went there just you know, a couple of weeks ago, and here it is a hundred years later, Nothing's changed there. Wow. And I said her stories were so true. I mean, she sugarcoated it literally. I mean, it's when I saw how bad it was, I said she didn't even scratch the surface when she would describe the situation, but I think that was all very intentional because her mindset was A, she had no way to go but up. Right. And B, she could do it. Mm-hmm. She had so much confidence in herself and this was, you know, a very blue-collar person my grandfather, my grandmother, they weren't doctors, they weren't professionals, they worked very hard. And just knowing how to manage the resources that they had and having an abundance mindset and also a gratitude mindset, I really believe that that was her path to success.
0: You know, two two things you've just said there, which is so critical, I think a lot of people don't understand, is having that abundant (laughs) mindset and being grateful for what you have today. Mm -hmm. You have now, you can build upon. Right. A lot of people, maybe you've met them as well, talk about, I want this, I want this, I want that, and they don't realize they've got, they're in a good position already. Right, exactly. Yeah, so talk a bit more about that. Why is gratitude so important to having more and more and more of what you desire in the future?
1: Well, I think it boils down to one word, and that's happiness. I think at the end of the day, Mac, what we all really truly want is to be happy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we wrap that happiness in the new car, in the, you know, the vacation or the big house or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. But those are items. They're not making you happy. The happiness comes from inside. And that's where the abundance mindset and the gratitude, that feeling of gratitude is a happy feeling. So when you feel happy, you have this appreciation. More of it just shows up in your life. It's like opening a big spigot to abundance. You cannot feel abundant and ungrateful at the same time.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's
1: impossible. You, can't, you cannot feel that. If you feel ungrateful, you're not feeling abundant. If you're feeling ungrateful, you're not happy. And you show up that way. I mean, you know people, we all do, that are just miserable. And do you want to do business with someone who's miserable? Do you want to um embrace their friendship? Do you even want that energy around you? You don't. You repel it. And they're they're repelling all the things that could be good in their life. It's like the old Dickens movie, you know, with Scrooge, right? When he was miserable, what happened? He had so much. And all he did was make himself and everyone around him miserable when he had the vision and changed his whole mindset. Mm. realizing how much he had and just wanting to share it his whole life changed and i know that's a fictional character but, but it, it really it, isn't in a way because we all know people like that
0: exactly i totally agree with you that with that the um let's talk about financial freedom can you do you have like three steps four steps five steps to, to <clears> someone <throat> to follow to say hey this is how you uh, create financial freedom And, you know, do you want to to jump ahead with that?
1: Sure. We can certainly jump into that. And financial freedom is not a number. That's step number one. Mm. You have to understand that financial freedom is not a number. Financial freedom is what makes you happy inside. Mm. And that first step is appreciation, gratitude. Right. The second step is understanding exactly what it is that you do need and what you need to do to create that. So appreciation, gratitude, there's a number of ways you can do that. You can write a gratitude journal every day, write down like three or four things that you're grateful for or 10 things, whatever number you want to go with. And then you demonstrate that gratitude in abundance by giving some of your money away. Mm. Charity. Mm. When you have a charity or, you know, a cause that's important to you, that becomes part of your why you want to get out of bed in the morning. Like you want to benefit that organization or cause, or however you want to put it. And by doing that, it's like more comes to you the more you give away. So mm. in the example of my grandmother, she, even though these were people, if you looked up the definition of dirt poor, you would have seen their picture. Right. She always had money for charity. Always. That was part of her budget that so much went to, whether it was church or an organization, she had a particular pet charity um, that was back in the, during the war, it took care of orphan children from Italy. Um, so wow. she gave that organization all the time. It was even in her will when she passed that she wanted a certain amount of money to go to that organization. Wow. So I think... I, I shouldn't say I think, I believe that having that mindset, that generosity became like re- reciprocation towards her because anything that she ever wanted in life,
0: uh-huh. she got. Wow. It's a good outlook, good way to to, to to live. And obviously it seems like um, your grandmother was a great role model for you. Uh, she
1: was. She was a great mentor And she was not somebody who would say, like, Max, sit down. I'm going to teach you about money. It was all taught through her stories and through her example. Uh And it was just done with a lot of love. And, you know, when I think of, like, even the way that she would frame a story of how she lived in Sicily, which she called the older country, (laughs) she would put it out there, like, at one point, this is how, how life was for me. But now look at how life is for me.
0: Amazing. You know, it was like
1: you'd see, like, "Oh, look at what I get to do! Look at what I have! Look at how i I get to enjoy my children, my grandchildren, you know, in yeah. my home and feed them." And, and you know, these were the things that were important to her that she got to do that she knew she wouldn't have got to do if she stayed where she was.
0: And that's the abundance thinking that you was talking about. And that exactly, an right? And the uh, I think we got to. Um, you said gratitude and appreciation. You said um, know what you want. Was there some other steps or those are the two critical ones?
1: Those are the first two critical ones. Mm. And I think that the abundance and the gratitude are probably two of the most important things. And right. having that mindset, you know, if you find that you're a person who is woe is me, yeah, or you tend to complain a lot, you really need to shift that conversation because what you say becomes your reality. So if you're always saying things like I'm broke, or I don't have enough, that should Mm -hmm. becomes your reality. When you demonstrate the gratitude of what you actually do have, then that becomes your reality and you get more of that. So I think that if you do nothing else, but those two things, you will be successful. And then of course, it's just me, you know, basic money skills, like not spending more than you earn, mm. always putting a certain amount of money aside for a rainy day, having the emergency fund, those pragmatic steps that you know you need to take, not living paycheck to paycheck. Because if you tell yourself, I live paycheck to paycheck, that's your that's reality. For you. Tell me something, um, what
0: are some good money management habits and some very poor money management, ha- well, non-management if you like, poor management, money management <laughs> habits, um, especially when people are driving towards that financial freedom that they're looking for, what helps them, what gets in the way?
1: The thing that would get in the way is if you're living above your means. So know exactly what you are bringing home. So a lot of times when I you know, start my interview process with the client and I ask them what they earn, in many cases they don't even know. Oh, wow. And if they give, they'll give me a number, and it might be their gross income, but that's not what they take home. So you know, I asked them, "Well, well, what does your paycheck look like?" They don't even look at their paycheck. So having like no clue of what's going on is an anti-money management activity. Right. <clears throat> so to have money management, number one, be very cognizant of what you're bringing home, what your net monthly i i measure everything monthly because most of our bills are monthly so what is your net average net monthly income Mm -hmm. what's that number let's say it's ten thousand dollars we'll just use a number now we look at what is your average net monthly expenses and fixed expenses are easy like your rent um you know maybe you certain utility bills that might be on a fixed budget those kind of things are relatively easy, but where people get tripped up is they forget how much are they spending on like takeout food, right. how much are they spending on, you know, how often do they go to the ATM and withdraw money from the bank and what are they doing with that money? How much is going on credit cards? Like those kinds of things that they forget about work against them. So having a mind, being mindful of where your money is going is a critical step towards financial freedom because what gets measured gets improved and what's, what gets improved gets accounted for.
0: Absolutely, I totally agree with that. The um, Therese, the, why is money such an emotional topic for a lot of people, especially I suppose when it comes to relationships maybe?
1: Well, I think that the reason it's so volatile is because everyone grows up in a different circumstance in the household. So if you and your spouse or partner, let's say you grew up in a household where your family was very open, talking about money, talking about, you know, how you support, maybe teaching you lessons like you should be taking, say 10% of your income and putting it in savings, those kinds of things. And if you are comfortable with those conversations, that's great. But if the person that you are now in a relationship with, grew up in a completely different environment where maybe money was volatile. Maybe their parents got divorced because of money. Now you two are trying to form a household together in this conflict right away. So you're probably trying to teach them, you know, the benefit of having open conversations about money, but they have so much resistance that now you have the conflict. Right, right, right. So money is an energy. Uh and it's also a tool so when you think of energy you think of something that you can't see when you think of a tool you think of something that you can see like you think of a hammer right that's a tool when you think of uh, energy you think of you know stuff that's in the air so when you try to bring this one thing together that has these two very strong components you know it's like a thunderstorm
0: right got it you know, there are some people who believe, um, Terese, uh, and you would have come across them, I'm sure, often they they don't want to take responsibility for managing their money or looking after money. Mm-hmm. They are, times, in, in such a mess. At the same time, what I find is that they will use language like, well, money isn't, money isn't everything. Money isn't as important as love. Um, and I'm thinking, well, love is important and and money is important, but it seems like they don't want to take responsibility. Anything exactly
1: about that. Well, how we perceive is how we achieve, and how we achieve is how we receive. Oh, I love it. So, that. if your perception is that money is evil, mm-hmm. or you know it's not important, if you're telling yourself money is not important, guess what? You're not going to have any. Yes. So how you perceive is how you achieve. You're going to achieve no money because you're telling the universe it's not important. Yes. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, people thinking of wealthy people like they're bad or they're evil or whatever. But, you know, money can't buy you happiness, but poverty won't buy you anything.
0: (laughs) On the the other side of the coin, definitely. Yes, yes. Yeah, I love that. So... So yeah, go it's on.
1: important to just be responsible, accept the fact that money is a tool that is in your life. Whether you have enough or you don't, it's still a tool in your life, one way or the other. And knowing how to use that tool is going to make the difference between how you feel in a lot of areas of your life. Beautiful. Because if you don't work it correctly, it's going to create a great deal of stress. So just like you know, if you have an automobile, if you don't keep that automobile in optimum shape, you don't keep it tuned up, you don't have gas in the engine, mm. you go to jump in the car and go from point A to point B, you're not going to get very far if you don't have gas in the engine. Money is a tool and you're going to think of it that way, that you've got to put the gas in the engine to get this tool to work for you. Thank you for that, uh, Terry's. Do you have an example of maybe one of you
0: the people you've worked with, one of your clients or, and where? <laughs> They had a very bad money management uh, thinking or habits or beliefs. And working with you, they managed managed to turn that around they, in a different situation now. Do you have an example of that?
1: I do. I, I have many, but I'll give you the first one that pops into my mind. This well, is a young woman who um, got divorced when her daughter was two years old. So her husband decided he did not want right. to be father and husband anymore and hit the road leaving her with this two-year-old. So that not only traumatized her, you know, for obvious reasons, but it also traumatized her finances. And she developed the mindset of that she just gave up. It's like, no matter what I do, nothing works. No matter how hard I work, I can't get ahead. You know, she had this huge burden hanging over her shoulders because of, you know, this situation. Yeah, And as a result, she was building up a lot of bad debt, a lot of credit card debt, um, you know, just really developed some really poor habits. She was, you know, using takeout food instead of cooking, doing a lot of things that were really working against her. And her sister introduced her to me. So her sister brought her in and said, you know, I really would like you to help her. She needs your help and I will hire you to help her because she knew her sister didn't have the money. So we started working together and going through her mindset issues we discovered that she had a, a lot of blocks around self-worth. Um, and when her husband walked out on her, that just triggered so many things in her that was like, yep, see, I knew I wasn't worthy. He, he just proved it. He walked out on me. So that, you know, kind of set off the snowball of um, negative behavior. Mm-hmm. So we first engineer all of that. She was, um, had a good career but she was significantly underpaid. and A lot of that was self-worth issues. So we worked together on that. I kept encouraging her to get another job, a better paying job. And she said to me, I would rather walk down the street naked than go out and look for a job. Really? Oh, no. Because the idea of rejection was just, Uh she was just too sensitive to rejection. So what we did was And this isn't even my my specialty, but a lot of it is just kind of basic common sense. I said, let's role play and let's pretend I'm the interviewer and I'm going to give you a list of 10 questions and I want you to, you know, we'll work on the answers and we're going to practice. So we did that and we kept doing this over and over again. And then she was building up her confidence. I said, now we're going to go look for a job. And in her field, I knew she would have no trouble finding a job because she happened to be in a field where there's not enough of them. I went online, I showed her a website. I said, look at this website. There's 37 openings in your field. I'm sure one of them has your name on it. Well, long story short, she got a new job. That new job doubled her gross income. Oh, wow. That's how far off she was. And I knew that from the first time I met her. I said, everyone I know that's in your field, you know, work with a lot of women. So you see a lot of people in the same fields. Said so you've got twenty plus years experience in your field. You're making like what an entry level person would be making.
0: Ridiculous. And, and all because she had a set of beliefs that exactly. I am not good enough. Exactly. And 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 I'm going to they're going to reject me again like my my husband did. Uh, and and uh, great work there, great work, Terese, in terms of changing that belief in order for her to actually earn a lot more and earn mm-hmm. value. So how? So it's a great example you've given there. How does one go about changing that money mindset then?
1: It starts with the decision. It starts with recognizing that you need to change. That's usually a big a really big stumbling block because it's like admitting you made a mistake. Becoming and a lot a- of people, do, you know, don't want to admit that. But once you can accept that and admit that you need help in this area, you need to change this area. And one thing I say to my clients over and over again, if it's been done before, it's not impossible. Mm. So if you've ever met anyone who is wealthy, or who is successful, or who overcame adversity overcame some sort of a challenge, then that means it's not impossible, even if it's one person,
0: right, it can
1: be done. And you just have to be the next person to do it. And the way that you do it is, A, you make the decision that you're going to change. And then, B, you rewrite the script that itty bitty committee is reading to you in your head. And you may need help with that. You might need a coach or someone to rewrite it for you, and then you just keep reciting it. So in the same way that I worked with my client on giving her a list of questions that could be on an interview and practicing what you would say in that interview and building up that muscle, you have to build up that money mindset muscle.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. You're listening to the Business of Wealth Show with Therese Nicholas, and we are talking about financial management money management mindset around money we're talking about creating financial freedom uh so remember to like remember to follow remember to subscribe depending on which channel you're on so that we can bring you more expert interviews just like um, Therese here Therese i um for those who want to get in contact with you uh or follow up with you and cuz maybe they want to learn from you what's the best way to stay in contact or find you
1: Well, I'm on social media. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook, a little bit on Instagram. I'm just really getting started with Instagram. But the best place to find me is at my website, which is wealthcoachforwomen.net. And I provided links to you um, for that. And if they want to set up a free call with me, I have a true wealth conversation that they are able to schedule for 30 minutes. They can pick my brain, ask me anything, and see if Whatever it is that they need is something that I can offer. And if it is, we'll talk about what those next steps would look like.
0: Superb. So if you're looking for financial freedom, if you're looking for mental clarity around money, if you're looking for better money management habits, if you're looking at maybe increasing your income, if you don't feel validated, you don't feel good enough around money, if you are if you have any emotional blocks around money, reach out to Therese, as I just said, it's so wealth. a wealth, co- wealth coach for women.net. Is that right? That's correct. Superb. So, on that note, um, I'm going to give you the last words in a moment. And um, is, is there anything that you would have liked to say, or maybe I should have asked? I haven't asked, but very important and that the audience here get to hear about as well.
1: Well, I think we did cover a lot, but I really believe that every person, is not only entitled, but I believe it should birthright to experience true mm. wealth. And true wealth is the things that money can't buy and death won't take away.
0: Mm. Great and beautifully put. I love that. Thank you, Therese. Therese, it's been a pleasure uh, speaking with you here. Thank you for all that information. Thank you for these golden nuggets. Thank you. You're for welcome. Being a light in. Um, <laughs> in the world so thank you for jumping onto this call with us
1: absolutely anytime
0: you're most welcome have a great rest of your day and thank you for listening you are listening again to the business and wealth uh show and remember to make comments here what did you learn what did you pick up what would you ask Therese? put it all in here in the chat box as well thank you until we speak again bye for now